Okay, hello everyone, and welcome back to Chronic Pain and Paranoia. Um, we did miss a week last week. Yes. I was super busy. And I was dying. Yes. Didn't you have stomach flu? No, it ended up just being period cramps. Oh, okay. You're welcome, world. Ow. That's, jeez. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, last week was a week for both of us. We're usually synced in flares, which is funny. Yeah. Like, today, Emily was like, my face hurts, and I was like, do you have a headache? Like, I have a headache? And she goes, oh, yeah, I think so. It takes me a minute to realize I have a headache. I don't know why. Because we always have some kind of headache or something going on. Yeah. It's kind of just the norm. Like, when I tell people about my pain, it's not me complaining. It's more like current events. This is what's going on in the world Because it just is what it is. Yeah. You know? Usually, I'm not too torn up about it. It happens. So, today's episode, um, we kind of mentioned at the end of the last one, is we, we're gonna try to find the silliest or just choose a random cryptid to talk about because mm-hmm. we felt like talking about cryptids because it's been a minute. Yes. Um, so I have two. One is a little spooky. The other just makes me laugh real hard. And I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um... Mine's pretty spooky. (laughs) Yours is really spooky. But, um, Emily will explain more, like, what cryptids are when we get started. But, Emily, how would you rate your pain today? Today? I feel like Gary from Spongebob. (laughs) You know, he's put up with Spongebob's crap, and he just has little meow. He, He does look very emo. He is emo. I'm convinced. I keep thinking about the, the emo man we met at Dutch... He made me laugh. Precious. Very precious. He was very nice to us. Yes. Um, my pain today, I feel like, I don't know if I can elaborate on this further, but I feel like a raccoon in a rain bucket. Like I a, understand Like a that. barrel. Yeah. Just sitting there catching rain. Yeah. Like, just kind of bloated. Sc- scratchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't feel great. No. I'm not kicking it, but that's okay. Raccoons have cute hands. Them grabby hands. We were talking about raccoons earlier, too. We always talk about Uh. raccoons. Okay. So, without further ado, we're gonna get into our disclaimer and get started. Yeah. This podcast contains sensitive material such as violence, murder, paranormal activity, and other adult topics. So listener discretion is advised. While we do research all of our episodes, we are just two Emilys with a microphone and a passion for all things spooky. Take it with a grain of salt. All of our sources will be linked in the show notes. If you're lucky. (laughs) We'll just make sure to say them this time. So, Emily, I'm here to tell you what a cryptid is. (laughs) Tell me, Emily. Tune in. Uh, This is what Wikipedia, excuse me, uh, (laughs) Wikipedia says a cryptid is. Cryptids are animals that cryptozoologists believe may exist somewhere in the wild, but are not believed to exist by mainstream science. Cryptozoology is a pseudoscience which primarily looks at anecdotal stories and other claims rejected by the scientific community. 
basically they're legends and myths. Yeah, a lot of them are also like urban legends, like local things. Mm-hmm. Like Bigfoot or yeah, Bigfoot is like the example I always go to when people are like, "Wait, what's a cryptid?" Because Bigfoot. Yeah, he's the most recognizable, and like even the Kraken is considered the Kraken a cryptid. Nessie, mm-hmm. the Loch Ness monster. Not confirmed, but it could be. We don't know. It's still fun to talk about. Yeah. And it's interesting to think about, like, where the legends came from. Yeah, because I'm 100% the Fresno... What are they? The Fresno Snowwalkers or something? Uh Uh-huh. Those cannot be real. (laughs) They're so funny. They cannot be real. There is... Both of these today that I have, I do not think are real whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine, I one hundred percent for different in. reasons. Yes, I, I believe in yours as well. Hide your kids, hide your wife. They literally scare me so bad. Um, but I'm excited to talk about them because I'm excited. We've been talking about talking about them yeah. <laughs> since this podcast started. I'm excited for one of yours a lot. I'm excited for both of yours, but specifically one. I deliberately chose silly ones. So, the first one is very silly. Yes. And it makes me laugh so hard. Okay. In Ohio folklore, the Loveland Frog, also known as the Loveland Frogman or Loveland Lizard, is a legendary humanoid frog described as standing roughly four feet tall. That's a big boy. That's, That's a t- almost my height. That I'm a foot <laughs> taller than that guy. I think you could take him in a fight. I don't know. I, I don't think, think I could punch a frog. I think you could deck a frog. <laughs> I don't think I could. <laughs> but if he grabbed you, he's too slimy to hold on you. That's gross. But something to think about. Anyway, he's allegedly spotted in Loveland, Ohio in 1972... The Loveland Frog legend gained renewed attention when a Loveland police officer reported to a colleague that he had seen an animal consistent with the descriptions of the Frogman. After a reported sighting in 2016, the second officer called the news station to report that he sh- that he had shot and killed the same creature some weeks after the 1972 incident and had identified it as a large iguana that was missing what? its tail. Ew. <laughs> Peace and love. Yeah. I like lizards, but gross. This is very interesting. Also, I just want to mention, in May of 2014, the Loveland Frog Legend was made into a musical. <laughs> Why don't I know this information? Oh, How do I get a hold of this? Like, uh, it's called Hot Dang, It's the Loveland Frog. What? You know the Tumblr kids were on that one. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of the overview of what we're talking about. So I'm going to get into it a little bit more. According to various legends, the creature was first sighted by a businessman or a traveling salesman driving along an unnamed road late at night in 1955, with some variations in the story specifying the month of May. In one story, the driver was heading out of the Branch Hill neighborhood when he spotted three figures stood erect on their hind legs along the side of the road, each three to four feet tall. 
with leathery skin and frog faces. In another version of the story, the creatures were spotted under or over a poorly lit bridge, and one held a wand over its head that fired a spray of sparks. I think this is what inspired the frog people from Adventure Time. It probably was. Because that's exactly... Do they they have wands? Yeah, they have magic. Finn and Jake go to this... Okay, I'm not about to bring Adventure Time into this because I don't remember it that It's very funny, though. But they go to get magic or something because they need it for Abraka Daniel or something. (laughs) And the main dude wizard is a frog. Interesting. I just imagine a, a, a frog... With a pointy hat and a wand. That's exactly. And cloaks. Like, they're a little yeah. frog cult. But these are four feet tall. Which is not very cute. No. Peace and love. So, the <laughs> then we're going to go into these police officers a little more. On March 3rd, 1972, at 1 a.m., Loveland police officer Ray Shockey? Ray Romano, moving on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> was driving on Riverside Drive near the Totes Boot Factory. That's hilarious. And the Little Miami River. <laughs> Everything is so common today. <laughs> uh, when an unidentified animal scurried across the road in front of his vehicle, the animal was fully illuminated in the vehicle's headlights. He described it as three to four feet long. And about 50 to 75 pounds with leathery skin. He reported spotting the animal crouched like a frog before it momentarily stood erect to climb over the guardrail and back down towards the river. Now, if you see that at 1am, that is that is spooky. I'll give him that. I would start crying. I say that a lot, but no, I would. Yeah, that's scary. Two weeks after the incident, a second Loveland police officer, Mark Matthews, reported seeing an unidentified animal crouched along the road in the same vicinity as Shockey's sighting. Matthews shot the animal, recovered the body, and put it in his trunk to show <laughs> Officer Shockey. <laughs> According to Matthews, it was a large iguana, about three to three and a half feet long. He didn't immediately recognize it because it was missing its tail. Matthew speculated that the iguana had been someone's pet that either got loose or was released when it grew too large. According to Matthew, Shockey was shown the dead iguana and confirmed it was the animal that he'd seen two weeks previously. Matthews recounted the incident to an author of a book about urban legends, but the author omitted the part that confirmed the creature was an iguana rather than a frogman. Rude, but it sounds like the description of an iguana. If yeah. it's that skinny. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, like, not a frog. Iguanas get really, really big. Yeah, that's why I was surprised when it was only like, did you say 30 to 40 pounds? I. They actually didn't mention the weight after they killed it, but it was three and a half feet long without its tail. Ugh. That's a big boy. Yeah. So, like, if you see that scurrying across the road at 1 a.m., like, I can understand. That you'd be like, there's something fishy going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought it was funny. Well, kind of sad that they killed it. That's a very police move. (laughs) Get it! Mm. (laughs) In 
in August 2016, local Cincinnati TV stations reported that a night of fun turned into a chilling tale of horror when two teenagers playing Pokemon Go between Loveland Madrina Road and Lake Isabella claimed to see a giant frog near the lake on August 3rd that stood up and walked on its hind legs. It was later revealed to be a local student <laughs> from a high school in a homemade frog costume. What? Oh no. By the way, I'm getting all this from Wikipedia, so this is just a very funny thing to read on Wikipedia. That's hilarious. And I thought you would enjoy it. I am thoroughly enjoying my time. So, that's actually, hold on. That's actually all I have on the frogman. I love that. So, the iguana. He doesn't seem to be super confirmed. Does he make me laugh? Yes. Yes. The idea of a frogman walking around on hind legs gives yeah. me joy. The original legend where they're like, he's either over or under a bridge or like on a road with a wand. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's a really great local legend to choose, friends. Very good. Very good. <laughs> I would not want to see it, though. No thanks. No. Like, if it was real. I fully believe it's not. Um, I'd be okay from far away, but up close, I'd be like, this is like, that's not what nasty. I wanted. Yeah. Like, even just regular frogs kind of freak me out. I like regular frogs, but a giant frog is just I, like I, a slimy dinosaur. Yeah. No thanks. And, like, them having magic, like... <laughs> that actually thoroughly... It's disturbing. Is the funniest thing I've ever heard. It is really funny. Maybe all frogs have magic. I picture them in pointy hats, though. I wish they would have added that to the legend. Pointy hats and cloaks. Do you think they'll take notes from me? <laughs> Probably not. Be like, I like where we started. Let's work this up a little bit. Maybe the pointy hat isn't realistic enough for them. I guess. So, we're gonna go ahead and go into <laughs> our next story about the melon heads. Yes, I so, actually haven't heard of these before. Really? Really. Okay. So, there's actually legends about them in a few different states. So, we have stories from Michigan, Ohio, and Connecticut. So, we're going to go through each version, but just an overview. They're, uh, okay. So, American folk folklore of Ohio, Michigan, and Connecticut, melon heads are beings generally described as small humanoids with bulbous heads who occasionally emerge from hiding places to attack people. Different variations of the legend attribute different origins to the entities. Hmm. So, basically small children with big heads. That is really funny to me. <clears throat> I know it would be scary to see in real life, but... I just imagine, like, the Slenderman-looking kind of figure with a melon-shaped head. Yeah, that is funny. I think they're pretty small, though. So, like, maybe just, like, house elves. Like gnomes. Yeah. With melon heads. Yeah. I like that. So, the melon heads of Michigan are said to reside around, um, reside around Felt Mansion. Although they have been reportedly seen in southern forested er areas of Otwana County. I don't know if that's how you say that. According to one story, they were originally children with hydrocephalus. I said it right. You wow. got it. Who lived 
Also, hydrocephalus is um, water around the brain. So just like... Danger. Lo- lots of headspace there. Yeah. So they lived at the Junction Insane Asylum near Felt Mansion. The story explains that after enduring physical and emotional abuse, they became feral and were released into the forest surrounding the asylum. They were released into yeah. the forest? <laughs> Here you go, kids. Good luck. The Legion County Historical Society asserts that the asylum never existed, although it was at one point a prison. Oh. However, the story has been part of local folklore for several decades. Lake Town Township manager Al Menschkin okay, told the Holland Centennial okay, that he heard the tales as a teenager, noting that his friends referred to the be- beings as wobbleheads. That's hilarious. Wobbleheads. I could see that. Yeah. Melon head, thin body. You're not going to be standing it's up It's a bobblehead. Yeah. Some versions of the legend say that the children once lived in the mansion itself, but later retreated to a system of caverns or caves nearby in a hill left over from an abandoned zoo. That's spooky. Some versions of this legend say that the children devised a plan to escape and kill the doctor that abused them. And it's said that the children had no place to hide the body, so they cut it up in small pieces, which they hid around the mansion. Rumors exist that teenagers who had broken into the mansion saw ghosts of children and claimed to see shadows of the doctor's murder through a light coming from an open door. Hmm. The legend has spread throughout the region and even became the subject of a 2011 film simply titled The Melonheads, which is based around the West Michigan legend. Weird. Yeah. It's... So each one of these have pretty similar stories in each state. Oh, okay. Which is weird to me. Yeah. Um, so the Melonheads of Ohio mm-hmm. are prior- primarily associated with the Cleveland suburb of Kirkland. Oh, I know that place. <laughs> yep. <laughs> According to local lore, the Melonheads were originally orphans under the watch of a mysterious fig- figure known as Dr. Crow. Crow is said to have performed unusual experiments on the children who developed large hairless heads and malformed bodies. The accounts claim that the children were already suffering from hydrocephalus and that Crow injected even more fluid into their brains. Ugh. Yeah. Eventually, the legend continues, the children killed Crow, burned the orphanage, and retreated into the surrounding forest and supposedly feed on babies. Where they get the babies, <sighs> I know not. Wait, at least they weren't released into the woods this time. They did it of their own Like, free release will. the kraken. <laughs> like, so weird. Okay. Um, I don't know what's up with the babies. Yeah, they just go find randos. So, legend holds that the Melonheads may be sighted along Windsor Road in Kirkland and the Chardon Township. The Melonhead legend has been popularized on the internet, particularly on websites Creepy Cleveland and Dead Ohio. <laughs> Creepy Cleveland. That's hilarious. I'm gonna go look that up right now. There was also another movie, um, Legend of the Melonheads, released in 2010. Well, I also And it's find based that. off of this one. And there's another one. What? And in 2018, 
called The Field Guide to Evil, featuring eight stories from cultures around the world. The hmm. contribution from the USA is a rendition of The Melon Heads, where a man's son is taken into the woods and turned into a melon head. But still, Out of no. all the legends they could have chosen from the USA, though, they chose this one? Why? No. It's kind of dumb. Maybe they want to make a musical. So, I won't go through the entire one from Connecticut, because it's very similar. But this one is more like, it's from an insane asylum. Mm-hmm. It was burnt down. They're all burnt down. Yeah, and most of the patients and inmates were unaccounted for. So, that's cool. And then, legend states that the melon heads' appearance is a result of them having resorted to cannibalism in order to survive the harsh winters of the region. Hmm. And to inbreeding. Oh. Which in turn caused them to develop hydrocephalus. Yeah. So, that's interesting. Yeah. But that one had a little bit of a different one from Connecticut. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, the one from Connecticut, like, in more, like, settling times of our nation, like, there were some families that were driven into the wilderness because they were, like, inbreds. So they look different, so people are like, get out of here. So honestly, I think that's where this definitively comes from. Because there's a whole population specifically there because they're inbred, and they continue to do that. Yeah. So, like, it's a little sad because this legend comes from our inability to handle anyone who's different. But also, check your family history Maybe before you don't start do dating. That. Yeah. Like, it's, especially where we live. Ev, like, everyone is second cousins, low-key. Mm-mm. Not me. I know, I know. I'm just saying <laughs> it's very common to be, like, second, third cousins without even knowing. Yeah. Like, third, co- third cousin twice removed. <laughs> Sometimes not even twice removed. Seriously. Mm. But those were my stories. Those were good. I love the Frogman. Um, that I was one, hyped for that I one. I love how baseless it is. It's just a man that's a frog, or a frog that's like a man. It's fantastic. I love it. Can we go hunt for the Frogman? Yes. Or even tour around the country and hunt, hunt for cryptids? Yes, I will carry a box of worms for them. I'll carry the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Emily, it's your turn. Okay. So mine is about the Wendigo, or the Wendigo, depending on where you're from, how you want to pronounce it. I usually call them Windy Boys. Yes. Because they're very similar to Skinny Boys. Yes. So they're hard for Emily to talk about, at least this one. (laughs) I have no problem. She's fine. Yeah. There's a video game about them, um, Until Dawn that one. I've they never, look so cool in that. I've never played it because I'm not good at playing video games, but I like watching them be played. Um, I'm shifting, so if I'm loud, that's why. <laughs> also, there's a Supernatural episode about them. Really? In like the first or second season or something. Interesting. That's where I first learned about them, I think. I will say in Until Dawn, they don't look like how they're reported to look like in real life. It depends. Like, they're pretty similar to the skinny boys, where they can be part animal. 
Mm-hmm. I think most commonly where they're from in Appalachia. Sorry, I'm giving it away a little. No, that's fine. They're usually like deer hybrids. They have antlers. Yes. Yes. Which is horrifying. So let me get into it. Yes. I'm excited. Um, in Minnesota's North Woods, the forests of the Great Lake region and the central regions of Canada are said to live a malevolent being called the Win- Wendigo. Wendigo. I say Wendigo. You can again. say it however you like. It. There are a lot of different pronunciations because it's not a word from the English language. No, it's not. Um, this creature may appear as a monster with some human characteristics or as a spirit who has possessed a human being and made them monstrous. It is historically associated with cannibalism, murder, um, insatiable greed, and the cultural taboos against such behaviors. Um, known by several names, Wendigo, Wittigo, Witiko, and Weetigo, which roughly translate to the evil spirit that man- the evil spirit that devours mankind. Ew. I didn't know that. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. Um, so this creature has long since been known among the... It's just from a few different, um, Native American tribes. They have been described as giants many times longer than human beings. Yeah. Although descriptions can be varied somewhat, common to all these creatures is the view that the Wendigo is a malevolent, cannibalistic... Supernatural being strongly associated with winter, the north, coldness, famine, and starvation. Mm-hmm. Um, one Native American legend describes the creature as a giant with a heart of ice. Sometimes it is it is thought to be made entirely of ice. Its body is skeletal and deformed with missing lips and toes. <laughs> Ew. It's all crusty. So, like, very much, very much frostbite, though. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The Ojibwe describe it um, as it was a large creature, as tall as a tree, with a lipless mouth and jagged teeth. Its breath was a strange hiss, its footprints full of blood, it ate any man, woman, or child who ventured into its territory. And those were the lucky ones. Sometimes the Wendigo chose to possess a person instead, and then... The luckless individual became a Wendigo himself, hunting down those he had once loved and feasting on their flesh. Jeez. According to the legends, a Wendigo is created whenever human resorts to cannibalism to survive. In the past, this occurred more often when Native Americans and settlers found themselves stranded in the bitter snows and ice of the North Woods. Sometimes stranded for days, any survivors might be felt compelled to cannibalize the dead to survive. Other versions of the legend cite that humans who displayed extreme greed, gluttony, um, might be possessed by the Wendigo. Thus, yeah. the myth served as a method of encouraging cooperation and moderation. <laughs> the, like, the whole greed thing is very consistent with the Skinwalker legends here. Mm-hmm. And in our area. Yeah. The consistency is chilling. Basically, just be a good person. And if you hear something in the woods, you didn't. No, and don't run. Don't eat your friends. Yeah. (laughs) I Uh, mean, if you had to, I wouldn't be mad if you ate me if I was dead. If I were were dead, I don't care. Like, Like, you've got to survive. I'm not going to need that. I'm fine. Just don't enjoy it. That's all I ask. Yeah. 
Like, I wouldn't... I don't think I would cannibalize someone because I can't eat meat off the bone. <laughs> I would rather die, quite frankly. And if you're dead, me. It yeah. means my chances aren't very high either, yeah. so... I'm like, can, can I just die as well? Yeah, we'll just... It's okay. Anyway. Anyways. I don't think this generation has a lot of will to survive <laughs> in situations <laughs> like that. I mean, I love life, but yeah. put in a situation where I'm stuck in an icy cave and you're dead and I have to choose between eating your body or dying, well, I'm out of there soon anyways. I mean, that's kind of sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Like, an apocalypse situation. Like, if the zombie apocalypse happened... Bite me. Yeah. I'm out. I don't want to deal with this. I'm not going to survive if there's nothing to live for. All my friends have turned. Like, Chick-fil-A isn't open. The internet's down. I eh. I wouldn't know what to do. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. Correct. And zombies are running around, so... I'm tired. <laughs> Might as well join them, you know? Seriously. Um, anyways... <laughs> so, Native American versions of the creature spoke of a gigantic spirit over 15 feet tall that had once been human, but um, transformed into a creature by magic. 15 feet? 15. Some of the descriptions said it was as tall as a tree, so. Depending on the tree, that's, that's pretty big. creepy. Um, though all descriptions of the creature vary slightly, the Wendigo is generally said to have glowing eyes, long yellowed fangs, terrible claws, and an overly long tongue. Ew. Yeah. It's like venom, but... But, like... Decayed. Yeah. Sometimes... Oh, wait. The creature is said to have several skills and powers, including stealth. Um, it's a near-perfect hunter and... Hunter. I don't know why I can't speak English today. <laughs> That's okay. Knows and uses every inch of its territory and can control the weather through dark magic. They're also portrayed as simultaneously gluttonous and... Um... They look like they've been starved. Yeah. Wendigos are said to be cursed to wander the land, eternally seeking to fulfill their vicious appetite for human flesh. And there's nothing left to eat, it starves to death. The legend lends its name from the disputed modern medical term Wendigo psychosis. Some psychiatrists consider it a syndrome that creates an intense craving for human flesh and fear of becoming a cannibal. Ironically, yeah. That's a thing? Uh-huh. There's this one cannibal. I don't remember his name. Um, but he would, like, want to eat people. He knew it was bad, but he just had to. And then one time he ate this girl and kept her in his fridge. And then he got caught, but he still had the craving for human flesh. But he's out in the open now. So, Ew! Yeah. That'll be another story for Does he have time. a therapist? I hope so. Like a court-ordered therapist? Probably. I think he got off on insanity or something because he had, like, these weird... Interesting. Cravings. Yeah. Anyways. It's horrifying. So, ironically, the psychosis occurs within people living around Great Lakes of Canada and the United States. Um, Wendigo psychosis usually develops in the winter in individuals who are isolated by heavy snow for long periods of time. The initial symptoms are a poor appetite nausea, vomiting. Subsequently, the individual develops the delusion of being transformed into a Wendigo monster. Interesting. People who have Wendigo psychosis increasingly see others around them as being edible. Ugh. Yep. <laughs> At the same time, they have an exaggerated fear of becoming cannibals. 
So they want to eat people, but they're like, I can't this be cannibal. Is, what's it called? This is Demon's Lair. Basically. <laughs> uh, the most common response when a person shows sign of Wendigo psychosis um, was a curing attempt by traditional native healers. Yeah, the most common response was to go get treated by, like, a medicine man. Interesting. In past cases, if these attempts failed and the possessed person began to threaten those around them or act violently or antisocially, they were executed. I mean, fair. <laughs> we can't have any Wendigos. Like, like, back in the day, like, I don't blame them. No. Like, what else were they supposed to do? The scary. Let them eat you? Like, no. No, thanks. And it's, yeah, if it's far enough back, they didn't have jails. It's like, go sit and... Go sit under a tree for a while. Think about your choices. <laughs> I can't believe this was like a real... This is a real phenomenon that happens. That's so interesting. The brain is crazy. Yeah. Crazy things happen when you're isolated. Yeah. There have been hundreds of reports regarding the psychosis dating back hundreds of years. Interesting. Um, so, in 1661... A relations document stated, What caused a greater concern was the intelligence that met us upon entering the lake, namely that men deputed by our conductor to summon the nations of the North Sea and assigning them um, a rendezvous where they were awaiting our coming. Rendezvous. That's what that word is. <laughs> they had met their death the previous winter in a very strange manner. These poor men were seized with an ailment unknown to us, but not very unusual among the people we were seeking. They were f afflicted with either, with neither lunacy, hypochondria, or frenzy, um, but have a combination of all these species of different diseases, which affects their imaginations and causes them more than canine hunger. This makes them so ravenous for human flesh that they pounce upon women, children, and even upon men, like werewolves and devour them just devour them they used a lot of words in here they really did but it's from 1661 or yeah whatever. they had to be florally so they would their appetite was never filled yeah so they were seeking fresh prey and more greedily they would eat this ailment attacked our deputies and as death is the sole remedy among these people they were ordered to be slain for their madness. Another documented case occurred in 1878 when a Plains Cree trapper from Alberta named Swift Runner suffered one of the worst cases known. Swift Runner was traditionally with the Hudson's Bay Company who was married and the father of six children. In 1875, he served as a guide for the Northwest Mounted Police. During the winter of 1878-79, so like the December-January area, mm -hmm. Swift Runner and his family were starving, along with numerous other Cree families. His eldest son was the first to die of starvation, and at some point, Swift Runner succumbed to the Wendigo psychosis. The emergency food supplies were unavailable at Hudson's Bay, post some 25 miles away. He did not attempt to travel there. Instead, he killed the remaining members of his family and consumed them. Oh my gosh. He eventually confessed and was executed by authorities for Fort Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. A Wendigo allegedly made several appearances near um, a town in North Minnesota from the late 1800s through the late 1920s. 
Each time it was, re- was reported, an unexpected death followed, and finally it was seen no more. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Other well-known cases involving Wendigo psychosis of that, of Jack Fiddler, of an Oja Cree chief, and medicine man known for his powers of defeating Wendigos. Fiddler claimed to have defeated 14 Wendigos during his lifetime. Some of these creatures were said to have been sent by enemy shamans and other members of his band who had been taken with the insatiable, incurable desire to eat human flesh. In a later case, family members usually asked Fiddler to kill a very sick loved one before they turned into a Wendigo. Fiddler's brother, Peter Flett, was killed by was killed after turning into a Wendigo when the food had ran out on a trading exploration. And missionaries knew the Wendigo legend. They often uh, explained it was a mental illness or superstition. Regardless, several, several incidents of people turning into Wendigos and eating human flesh have been documented. Yeah. Interesting. And then I just wanted to share a Reddit story next because... Absolutely. I love Reddit. Uh, so this one comes from reddit i think it's just wendigo stories subreddit you can find it it's like the top story on there it's pinned (laughs) um so when i was about in seventh or eighth grade me and my mom were driving home from a therapy appointment of mine they want to know it wasn't for schizophrenia just depression whatnot the daily you just need to see therapist yeah it was winter and the full moon because i remember the snow was glowing under the moon it was only six but really dark because you know it's the middle of winter Mm mm-hmm So we were going about 55 miles per hour when this thing crosses and stops in front of us. The only way I can describe it um, is that it was combined a deer, a dog, and a human. It stood about as tall as our windshield. It had legs of what can be described as a deer. Its back was hunched over and walking on all fours. And it had the head of a dog. No, it didn't have ears or a dog nose, but its eyes were white and it didn't have a tail. The freakish thing about this creature was its skin. It wasn't a canine with mange or anything. It was an actual human skin that went all the way down its legs. Too long to be dog legs. The smell of rotting meat and some parts of the flesh was broken up like when you scrape your knee. (laughs) It was pale white and you could see its veins. So like me, if I'm not wearing my hoodie. Just pale. It's scary because Wendigo, Skin Runners, and... The whatever we have here. My brain is gone. Skinwalkers. They're mm-hmm. all reported to smell really bad. Yeah. So it's like, it's under the Wendigo thing, but it could honestly be any of those. They're all kind of under the same family. Mm-hmm. But these are actually more predatory than skinwalkers. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and the thing was fast. It stood there and just, like, ran across the road in the blink of an eye. Ugh. Me and my mom pulled over to calm down. We both saw it. For oh some gosh. context, I live at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, where I've heard other people describe what I saw as not deer. But it was way more human than not deer. Any suggestions? Definitely not a deer. No. Not a wolf. No. Not a person. No. See, like... If that is true, you, you can't explain that. No. Ugh. Yeah. Because it wasn't just a deer. They were very clear about that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> They're creepy. It's creepy. I do think, like, the native legends about them, mm-hmm. like, the reported native legends about them, those things are real. 
the Wendigo psychosis, very, very interesting. Yeah. And I think that definitely lended to the legend in some ways, like, for sure. Because it's based off of cannibalism. Yes. And, like, the Wendigo almost became this physical representation of their fear of starvation and winter mm-hmm. and dying from the elements and stuff. Which is really interesting. Yeah. So, like, it totally lends to that, too. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, t- I believe our First Nations people. They've been here longer than us. They know things. I don't want to know them. I don't think I should know them. No, I have never heard that part about the psychosis, though. That's why, um, people just think Wendigos are people. Are like that. Yeah, they're just... Like, you see someone starving in the woods, and it's, like, a ghostly sight, like, and I'm sure some of the sightings probably come from that. It's like the Gollum effect, but for people. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. And if you don't know what I'm saying, Gollum effect, um, Gollum from Lord of the Rings (laughs) used to be a hobbit, but because of greed... He's all nasty. He's nasty. Just Google Gollum, you'll see what I mean. He's gross. That's basically a wendigo, just bigger. And mixed with animals. Yeah, sometimes. But mostly just big and... Yucky. Antlery. That was very interesting. Well? Do you think, like, is the psychosis thing, like, proven? Like, that's a thing? I'm not sure. Okay. (laughs) I was just wondering, like, I wonder what the most recent case of that would be if it is a thing. I can tell you. Give me five Google minutes. (laughs) Okay. Oh, also, I got my source from legendsofamerica.com. So you can find that whole article. All of my stuff was from Wikipedia. It did come up when I googled it. Yeah. It's real? It looks- oh wait, no. No. (laughs) The next article I saw was probably fake disease. Oh. Wendigo psychosis is one of the more dramatic mental illnesses. One of the more dramatic- (laughs) This was from 2012 though, so I don't know if I trust I don't know. That's funny. Yeah. So basically, it could be real, but it couldn't be real. Maybe that was, that's more of the white settlers version of their urban legend. Oh, yeah. That seems totally plausible to me. Like, a way for them to wrap their minds around cannibalism. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, the Donner Party? Yes. They just broke and needed Was that Appalachia, or was that more... What state was that? A cold state? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. A middle state? (laughs) I think it was somewhere in the middle. I don't know if it was Appalachia. That would be really interesting if it was, though. It was in California. It was in California? Oh, migrated to California. I was like... Oh. I was like, hello? I don't remember that. The Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada. Appalachia. That's Appalachia? That's, yeah, it, like, breaks off because it's down in the lower section. Okay. Wow. Because, remember the Sierra Nevada Bigfoot sounds? Yes. Or am I losing my mind? No, I remember you saying that was in Appalachia, and I'm like, this is about to get serious, Emily. I'm gonna find out. We both agreed earlier that neither of us will ever move to Appalachia. I would live on the outskirts, but never... 
I won't for many reasons. Sierra Nevada is not in Appalachia. Okay. It is in California, Nevada area. Okay. Which makes sense. Nevada. Still cold. Yeah. Cold. Nothing's out there. Mm-hmm. Still is nothing out there. I still stand by my idea that that was more the white settler's version of the story. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're real, Lee? I don't know where I stand. Yeah. I think it depends. I've heard people talk about their own experiences, and most of them are like, look, like, I know what it sounds like, but I cannot explain mm-hmm. what this was. Which is freaky. It's really scary. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely, there's, there's evil out there, for sure. For sure. And we don't know what all of it is. And I don't want to find out. No, I'm good. I'm That's okay. probably why we don't know a lot about it, because I'll also, like, mm, lock the doors. told not to search them out, told not to leave, so I'm going to do those two things. Yeah. Don't look in the trees. And <laughs> if you did, you didn't. <laughs> if you saw something, no, you didn't. If you heard something, no, you didn't. You close your eyes and you turn around. Don't go out at night. <laughs> Just don't. Well, that was entertaining. Yeah, I had fun. Yeah. Thank you for your stories. Thank you for your stories. <laughs> Thanks. I were very silly. Yeah, but I, I had a good time. Man. Frogman is something. I want a Frogman shirt now. Let's make that happen. I have a Mothman shirt. So She's wearing it right now. Yeah, I had to for the cryptid episode. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. I hope you had as much fun as we did. Um, yeah. I don't know what next episode is going to be. We'll decide and you'll just have to find out. Okay. Exactly. So stay spooky and plug in your heating pads. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.